The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we put together our best tips for first-timers at Disney who are planning last-minute trips or who haven't gotten the chance to do too much research. We're here to help you cram some last-minute planning and to help you make the most of your Disney vacation. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So, Leslie, this is episode 100. We've made it 100 episodes, almost two years. Before we get started today, we just want to do a few quick thank yous. We want to first and foremost thank all of our listeners, everyone who has made this podcast possible. Uh, we really just appreciate you listening and taking the time every week. Or if you're cramming for a vacation, uh, maybe multiple times in one week. Just everyone who's listened, thank you so much. We also want to thank our patrons, those who have supported us. You know, thank you for helping to keep this podcast going. And, you know, most of all, Leslie, I just want to thank you uh, for going down this crazy path with me and just giving me the chance to uh, talk Disney, talk shop every week. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, thanks right back to you, Joe. I don't know how you <laughs> managed to twist my arm into doing this podcast. We talked about it for months and months before we finally took the plunge, but it's been a lot of fun and has been really challenging and definitely does give me an excuse just to like talk more Disney, which is never a problem. Yes, I totally agree. It's the greatest trick I've ever played getting you on here, Leslie. So <laughs> thanks so much for uh, falling for it, I guess. If you are a first timer here, uh, this is Disney Deciphered and you know, we are here to break down Disney World for you and other Disney parks and Disney attractions so that uh, we can make your vacation easier. And today's episode, since it's episode 100, we thought would be a special episode. We're calling it Top Tips for last minute first timers at Disney World. So for those of you who are regular listeners, this is the episode that you want to send your friends to if they are going to Disney World. It's a week before their trip and they've done no planning. They don't know what fast passes are yet. They just haven't had the time. You know, Leslie, you and me, we're both really busy. We choose to use our free time to do nerdy stuff like study up on Disney, but not everyone does that. So we get that, you know, a lot of people are coming to Disney last minute. This is your kind of cram session. This is your cheat sheet. Uh, if it's your first time at Disney and you haven't done a lot of prep, is that a kind of good way to describe it, Leslie? Yes, that was so diplomatic. This is like our tips for clueless and completely unplanned newbies, right? And and it happens more often that I then I realize I mean I only see it because I'm, I'm I'm in all these Disney groups and people who are super nerds like we are and I think everybody plans their Disney vacations that way and then maybe I'm in a mom's group and I see a post from somebody that says yeah my mother-in-law made reservations for us at Disney World next week and I've never been and what do I need to do and my first thought is 
gosh, you're really way behind, but um, we can give you like the crash course, the Cliff's Notes in trying to salvage that vacation and more than salvage that vacation, have a successful vacation because it is possible. Exactly. And you know, I, it's crazy. In the last two months, I've had three different friends in this exact situation. And you know, while we would love everyone in that situation to cram this podcast. A hundred episodes is a lot of material to get through in a short amount of time. So if you're a regular listener and you have a friend who is in this situation, send them to episode 100. We will have uh, some pointers to other episodes that might be worth listening to. And of course, we have this new Disney Essentials series that we're doing. But if uh, you've got friends who need some help at the last minute, episode 100 is where to go. We're going to talk about our top tips. You ready to get started, Leslie? Let's go. All right. So I'm going to kick things off. I think first and foremost, the most important thing to do, and I'm going to ask my dad to do this for a trip that we have coming up, is download My Disney Experience, the app for Disney World. It is not the best app and it doesn't have the best connectivity at all times. But really, I think this is the number one thing that you have to do before you go to Disney World because so much is done through the app and it can make your life so much easier. Leslie, what are some of the things that the My Disney Experience app can do? Yeah, it really is the key to a lot of different features of your vacation. It's where you can manage your tickets, you link them up, and it's where you can book your fast passes. We'll talk more about that later. There's a map in there, like at its most basic level, like that is what I use the app for sometimes. If there's like, you know, I'm looking for a shortcut, of course, the map is in my head at this point. But for those of you who are new, I cannot stress enough how important it is to look at a map. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of wandering aimlessly as soon as you hop into the park. So there really is just a lot of the most basic information. Menus are on there. Like for every restaurant you might consider, you can take a look at what the menu choices are. I mean, so, so much. It is a must have, assuming you have a smartphone and most people do these days, you have to have this to have a successful Disney vacation. I want to give a shout out to Disney Deciphered patron Dennis K, who in our patron only Facebook group left a good tip in regarding the app. He said, get to know the app. It'll help you navigate the park, find the restroom, tell you what the wait times for our attractions are and find a place to eat. And I really cannot echo this enough. If you just navigate around the app and mess around, you can kind of see all the different things that it can do. And, you know, this is something you can even do, you know, while you're sitting at the airport waiting to get on your plane or uh, if you're sitting in a car or train or however you're getting to Disney World, you know, just navigate around the app a little bit, <laughs> see how much it'll drain your battery. So you know how many battery packs to bring, but um, that'll just really get you set for your vacation. Yeah, most definitely. It will help clue you into what you don't know as well. Just clicking through all the different tabs, you'll realize, you know, maybe you didn't know FastPass even existed. The apps will, app will suggest that to you. Maybe you didn't know you probably should purchase your tickets in advance. The app will kind of clue you into that. So it may just sort of be that little nudge that you need to realize what you haven't planned yet at this point in your vacation. All right. So that's the app. Um, you know, what would you suggest newcomers do next? The next thing you should do is to plan your park days. And by that, I mean plan what park you are going to go to each day of your vacation. So make a little mini schedule for yourself. I'm kind of scared. I probably should share this in our show notes or on our blog somewhere. The schedule that I make for myself, I have a little document that I refer to every time, but but I pop in, you know, I look at the park hours of each park. There are four parks at Disney World if you're a brand, brand newbie. Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. And then of course, two water parks as well. So take a look at the park hours figure out what your sort of overall strategy is and what parks you want to go to on any given day. I would not wing this. Is that fair, Joe? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I always have an idea of what parks I'm going to go to in what order. One thing to consider is extra magic hours. If you are staying on site at a Disney resort, there are extra magic hours at the park some days where the park will open early or late. So if you're staying at a Disney resort, you might want to go to a park on that day. Or if you're like us and you want to avoid crowds, you might want to avoid a park that day. Anyway, those are the kinds of things you need to think about as you choose the parks. One kind of rule of thumb I like to do is I almost never go to the Magic Kingdom first. It is just um, for kids my age, just too magical and too much fun. I always want to save that for at least the second park day just because I don't want them to get um, too excited or get their expectations too high. Although, honestly, as the 50th anniversary is coming up, all the parks have a lot of fun stuff to do these days. Yeah, definitely. If I guess once a lot of kids have seen the castle, they don't want to see anything else. So maybe consider a different park. But I mean, that said, I I usually go to the Magic Kingdom on my first day, but that's just me. That's because your kids are used to it. But, uh, you know, first time, you know, you kind of want to save the wow for a little later. That's fair. That's fair. So after you've chosen your park days, next thing that we really suggest that you do is make three Fast Pass Plus reservations. Even if you're super late, you should still be able to make three FastPass Plus reservations. Leslie, give us a quick reminder of what FastPass is. Yes, FastPass is Disney's virtual queuing system. It's not exactly a cut the line pass like you might see at other theme parks, but it's basically you're making a reservation time, a reservation window. It's a one hour long window to ride attractions through shorter queues where you might have to wait, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes tops. So you get three of them for a single park every day. So you can, if you're going to Magic Kingdom on a Monday, you can make three for Magic Kingdom. If you're going to Animal Kingdom on a Tuesday, you can make three for Animal Kingdom. You can then make more after you've used all of them, but the, the making those three in advance is the most important part. Even if you're doing it just the day before, even if there's not really that many good attractions left on the fast pass availability. That's right. And the reason why we suggest you do this is for two reasons. Number one, it will again get you used to using it on the app and booking fast passes on the app. And by booking your three fast passes on the app, even the day before your trip, you'll just get used to how the system works because when you're in the park on a given day, more fast passes will open up and you can, if you are familiar with using the app, get those fast passes on the next day. The other thing is, I think it's good to get three fast passes because it helps you to start scheduling out your day. If you know you're going to have to be at Dumbo at 10 o'clock and then small world at 12 o'clock and pirates of the Caribbean at two o'clock, you know, you kind of know these are the places you're going to be. They're anchors for your schedule. And that just kind of really helps you with your planning. And the other thing is you'll at least have three guaranteed attractions where you won't be waiting for an exorbitant amount of time. So, you know, definitely get those fast passes done. We have an episode on basic fast pass strategy. That's episode 13 that you can check out. Some things have evolved since then, and we'll probably re-release that sometime this year. But for now, that handles things. And if you get really into it and you want some more advanced fast pass strategies, you can check out episode 39. Yes. Episode 39 will convince you that all hope is not lost for getting even some of the harder attractions last minute. I mean, Joe, I've seen, I've been in the park with Joe when he's refreshed his fast passes and gotten like a super popular attraction. Um, I've done it too. So it's definitely possible, even if you're stuck with like the worst of the worst (laughs) with those three fast pass reservations, you might be able to turn it into gold. All right. So we got our fast passes. What's next? All right. The next thing you should do, and maybe you should be doing this while you're uh, booking your fast passes, is to research the attractions and character meet and greets that you think your family might like to do. Um, There's so, so much at Disney World and 
you really do need to narrow down what your must sees and must do's are so that you don't miss something like that. So if you have a kid who's like obsessed with Anna and Elsa, you really want to make sure you do that frozen meet and greet in Epcot. Um, so just take a look at what you think might interest you. I mean, during that process, you'll be able to see, you know, what maybe height requirements you might bump up against that might make people in your party not be able to ride. Most people, even people who haven't been to Disney World, know the big headliner attractions. They've heard of Space Mountain, for example, but there are a lot of other things that you might find that you've never heard of that will really be up your alley. Definitely agree. And, you know, I think researching beforehand will give you, again, kind of a roadmap. It's really tough to go into a Disney park without a plan and not feel like at points you are wasting time. And so, you know, as long as you have like some sort of a plan, I think that just really helps you to feel like your day is uh, more productive. The other thing is if there are, let's say your kid is young enough and you know that Winnie the Pooh meets outside of uh, his ride in the Magic Kingdom, but you know that your child is really going to want to go see Winnie the Pooh, you can kind of angle your way away from there so that they don't see them and you don't end up in an hour line. So looking at maps and knowing what's out there beforehand can uh, really help you to avoid those kinds of situations. For sure. I know that's a strategy you employ with your kids. Out of sight, out of mind. I take the fifth on that. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, what's your next tip for our clueless newbies, Joe? So one of the things that I guess is sort of tough to understand about Disney World until you get there is it's super expansive. There are four different theme parks. There's a lot that you need to know about getting to the actual theme parks. If you're driving, of course, you know, you're just driving, but if you're staying on site, there's lots of options for how to get there. Lots of transportation. There's the monorail, there's walking in some examples, there's buses. And of course, now there's the new Skyliner, which you and I both love, Leslie, even though you haven't even ridden it yet. So Get to know what your transportation options are around Disney World, how you can get from place to place so that you know how you're going to get to the parks. You've chosen which parks you're going to go to on what day. Well, how are you going to get there? Are you going to drive every day? Are you going to walk sometimes? Are you going to take the bus? These are things that you really want to plan ahead of time so that you don't get stressed out trying to figure it out on the fly. And we have an episode, episode eight, where we talk about all the transportation options outside of the Skyliner, which didn't exist when we recorded that. Yeah, this is the part that I kind of love and thrive on the logistics, but it's possible to waste so, so much time at Walt Disney World with transportation if you don't know how to use it right and you're not making the right connections. So, you know, there are times you might just want to hop in an Uber or a Lyft um, to get someplace more directly rather than dealing with, you know, a backed up bus system or multiple connections or things like that. So you really need to understand the basics of the transportation system. This is just like visiting a major city like New York City and understanding the subway there. So think about it like that. Disney World really is much, much bigger than people realize. And transportation can be such a time suck if you haven't planned for it. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And definitely download the Uber and Lyft apps beforehand, just in case you find yourself in a bind, your kids are melting down, you don't want to wait for the bus or whatever transportation you might have chosen to use. It's always good to get you out of a jam. And don't forget, if you have the Lyft app, you can always call a minivan, which is much more expensive, but you'll have guaranteed car seats. And you know, you'll know that you kind of have that Disney magic behind uh, whatever transportation you take if you're in a minivan. Definitely. It saved me in a pinch in the rain with car seat age kids for sure. All right. You've gotten to the parks. You know how to get to the parks. You know what parks you're going to. You have your fast passes. Give us another tip for how to make the most out of your experience. All right. This is the tip that I give every, everyone going to every destination around the world. You really, really got to arrive early. Arriving early can cancel out like 
a wide multitude of sins, you know, a failure to plan, not having things in order, not really knowing what you're doing. But if you can be one of the first people in line for rope drop and you can go hit those parks before the crowds arrive, you can get so much done in the first hour or two or three at Disney parks that it, you know, it doesn't matter that you don't have fast passes for the most popular attractions. You can walk on a lot of those attractions. So this is something that's really hard for people who don't understand sort of Disney World culture and travel. You know, they're like, it's vacation. I want to be on relaxing. And sure, that's the case. But make that only happen some of the days. Other days, you really want to hit the ground running so that you can get the most for your money. And uh, it really is a strategy that we try to employ several mornings at least of, you know, say a five-day vacation. Yeah, I mean, I'll make the argument this way. Even if you want to relax, you can get more done in the first three hours at a Disney park than you can for, say, the last six hours at a Disney park, or at least the middle six hours at a Disney park. So, you know, I've gone to Magic Kingdom, gone straight on Winnie the Pooh, then to Buzz Lightyear, then to Tomorrowland Speedway, then to Teacups, you know, all within the first hour, then to Little Mermaid, you know, all within one hour before it's even 10 o'clock. And so I get those five attractions done in one hour. Those five attractions at, say, 2 p.m. might take me three or four hours to do. So you can think of it this way. If you can get up early, and especially if you have young kids, you're probably up early anyway, and they want to go on all these rides that aren't as intense. You're not waiting for the Space Mountains or the big roller coasters. You know, you get all those rides done. You're done by lunchtime. Go back to the hotel. Relax. Have your pool time. You know, that's all the relaxing you could want. By front-loading everything, you will ensure yourself that relaxation later. Um, And so, you know, that would be my argument for what uh, we in the Disney nerd community call rope dropping. Definitely. And I would add to that every minute really does matter. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get, at the, get to the parks at 9am and they roll in at 9.05. Well, they're already behind the eight ball. I mean, you want to be in line at the gates. It depends on the time of year, but like I'd say at least 30 minutes before the official park opening. And more than that, if you're going to a busy park during a very busy crowd time. And my one kind of counter to all this attraction stuff is if you're not an attraction type person and you're more into like shows and parades, you know, street entertainment, stuff like that, then you can take it a little bit easier. You know, there's the main street trolley show at the Magic Kingdom in the morning. You know, there's all these shows and dance parties going on all around the parks. If attractions don't matter to you, then you don't have to rope drop. But really, most people go to Disney parks for the attractions. And if that's the case, then you're going to want to rope drop. Most definitely. Well, Joe, we haven't talked too much about eating. So why don't you give us another tip? All right. And this is probably going to be our last tip because uh, if you are kind of planning last minute, you're probably already overloaded at this point. But one of our biggest and probably the most important tip is if you are eating at a quick service restaurant, which is, you know, just kind of like you go up to the counter and order and then sit sort of cafeteria style, use mobile order, which you can find again on your My Disney Experience app. You will see huge lines waiting for food and you will almost feel bad that you cut the entire line and go to the mobile order line that has nobody in line. I'm not sure why, you know, more people haven't caught on to mobile ordering yet, but it is a surefire way to beat the lines when you're eating. And if you have kids who are hungry and are like just really raring to go with their meals, this is really going to save you time and stress. Totally agree. I adore mobile ordering and I'm still really surprised that a lot of people don't use it and know about it. So those of you who are newbies are going to be ahead of 
plenty of people who go all the time and still don't use it. But yeah, it, de- it does save a ton of time. And, and usually people who are planning these sort of last minute trips or haven't done any planning, you know, you're not going to be able to get the reservations for the sit down really popular restaurant. So you're probably going to be doing more of these quick service dining experiences. And uh, there's no reason not to save time. Exactly. That being said, if you have that app, check for some dining reservations last minute. Who knows? Maybe you'll find some. Oh, definitely. There definitely are always some table service restaurants available, even, you know, minutes before. So definitely check that out. Don't write off table service restaurants entirely, even if you're planning last minute, just like you don't write off fast passes. All right. So I think that's enough tips for one episode, but we always like to leave with a Disney do or don't. So Leslie, what is your Disney do or don't for first timers planning a last minute trip to Disney World? Don't try to do everything. I have been going to Disney World for several decades now, multiple times a year, and I still have not done it all. So you certainly shouldn't be trying to do it all when you know, you're know you going on your first, say, five or seven day vacation. It's so huge. And really just focus in on the things that matter to you most. Anything else you do beyond that is a bonus. And hopefully you'll get to come back for a second or third or fourth trip to experience even more. Yeah. And I'll add on to that. Uh, you know, a friend of mine just went over Christmas break where it was less crowded than normal, but still Christmas break is always quite busy. And he just went at the pace, or I guess his wife was in charge, but they just went at the pace of their kids and they kind of did what their kids wanted to do. And so even though I know that they went in having plans, even if you are planning last minute, you might have plans that you're set on plans that you want to commit to. But when you're going with your kids, you know, really go at the pace of your kids. You are going for them. <laughs> Leslie and I um, admittedly sometimes forget that we are actually going for our children. Um, but, you know, if there's something that your kids want to do, if they do see Winnie the Pooh and want to wait in line for an hour, you know, do it for them. That's what makes them happy. And in the end, Disney World, like we said in our episode about why to visit Disney World, is a place where the whole family can enjoy together. And so, you know, really prioritize what your kids like. So that would be our Disney do. So we get a bonus Disney do or don't today. Well said, Joe. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, if you have tips that you think that we should share or add to this for people who are planning last minute vacations and have never been to Disney World before, please connect with us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you'd like to support the show or join our patron-only Facebook group where we chat a little bit more in depth about things, you can check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Leslie, for recording with me, and I will see you at episode 200. Thanks, Joe.